fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final Hey everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal, acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory, although it's probably over at this point. So either we were your lead blocker or we weren't. If we weren't, you probably like ran the wrong route or, uh, you know, just missed the hole because we were there. Um, anyway, okay. we're just kidding. Uh, if, if we steered you wrong, we're sorry. If we steered you right, uh, give us a rating, give us a review. Uh, we love you for it. Those of you that are going to tune in today, you're the ultra elite fans. Because we are about to hit you with the way too early, and I know it's a cliche, the way too early stuff, but trust me, this is way too early. Uh, 2022 Fantasy Ranking Show, we're going to talk about some risers and fallers. We're going to resist uh, the urge to talk about the amazing NFL actual playoffs that are going on right now. Literally probably the best weekend of football I've ever seen in my life last oh, weekend. Yeah. I don't, do you agree with that? We can just say that. Best Absolutely. One. Maybe okay. uh, beyond the Patriots Super Bowls, and, and that's probably my fan bias coming in, beyond those two, yeah, I think that Chiefs-Bills game was the best game I've ever seen in my life. That was insanity. It was a, I, uh, by the way, I'm your host now, The Truth Jones. This is the Wolf of Rotor Street. You probably Hello. figured that. If you're watching, you probably already know that. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was probably the best football game I've ever seen in my life. And I mean, think about the, the stinker games we got the weekend before. And then these games this weekend, every single one of them came down to the wire. Um, and literally got, all came down to last second place. They, like, all, they, they all, all were decided the on the last play. And I there's a lot to talk it. about. There's so many things I just want to throw out there right now, but I'm not going to, because I think that this podcast has the potential of going too long anyway. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to get into that. We'll talk about that too. When are we, we're talking about maybe going on the air together Saturday or Sunday as well. So anyway, we're going to get right into the Wolves 2022 big board. We are not going to talk about like too many specific players. Sure. I say that, but we'll see what happens once we get into the show. Um, go to the website, www.rotorstreetjournal.com. It's all there and more. I mean, we got a lot of great content, but the, the Wolf's Big Board is up, top 150 for 2022. Obviously, this is going to change a lot, like every day probably until the next season. But yeah. check it out. It was fun. And, uh, you know, we're going to go out and we're going to talk about some of our biggest disagreements, some of our biggest question marks. Should be a good show. Wolf, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. As you said, coming off one of the best weekends of football I've ever seen. I do have to start. I know you already talked about this show is going to have a lot of disagreement on it. I have to disagree with you that this is way too early, though, to talk about 2022. It's already time <laughs> to start paving paths, to start creating those okay. holes. And, and there is a reason, though. I do think there is some value to going this early. One, because there's a lot of sick addicts out there just like us two that want to talk about 2022 already. Let's give them an outlet. Let's chat about it as we go through these and we pull up the big board and look at the names. Comment on in whether you're live with us here or in the comment section, if you didn't catch us live, comment in some players that you would disagree with or some players you want our opinion on. I'll be sure to answer them all in the comments. I love this shit. But also, too, like, while the season's fresh, 
while there's really nothing else out there ranking wise, I love going into my big board because as much as I want to say I'm independent, I don't let anything taint me. You start seeing other ranking sets and you see all this new data and everything. And you you start to get your original gut feelings kind of chipped away at. And so this is kind of the purest ultimate form that I've not seen any outside sources yet. I don't want to see any outside sources. These are just the top 150 as they stand. And we'll talk about some early risers that have already happened this offseason. We'll talk about some of the hardest players to rank that are probably going to be changing in between now and then. And then me and you will dive into each position uh, by position. But I do really like just kind of the pure, unbiased, unfiltered. Nothing has happened to these yet. Uh, and I love being with all the fantasy addicts. If you're watching this right now, you're probably a extreme fantasy addict, and I love right. that. So welcome on in. And on that note, too, if you're a fantasy addict and you haven't yeah, liked Yeah, give us a um, like. Give us a sub. Uh, Do we have 2,000 yet? I think we did. I think we all just right. crossed it. And if not, maybe you could be that lucky number 2,000 for us. We so appreciate it. So I want to clarify when I say it was way too early. I don't mean it's really way too early for you to be doing this. I get everything you're saying, and I like that you did it. What I meant is when I went down the list because I was going to try to you know critique your list see where I fell on these guys. I just realized it's like, and and the very first thing I have written on my, my comments kind of on this is like, you know, it's impossible to tell where these guys are going to end up. I like what you're saying as far as doing this without being tainted by what other people say. I, I think that's a totally fair point, but a lot of these guys, and we just need to say this up front. There's a lot of uncertainty about who's going to end up where, who's going to end up playing with who or for who or, uh, you know, anything like that. And that's not even to take into consideration stuff like injuries or mental health or going crazy on the sideline and throwing your uniform into the crowd. Right. So anyway, it's just hard. It's hard, but it's fun. And I'm glad we're doing it. Absolutely. Let's get get into it. Let's dive Um, into some of these early risers and followers. All right. Riser list. You got five guys listed. And essentially the guys that are rising right now or falling right now, these are guys that we're actually seeing in the playoffs for the most part. I think really completely across the board, Devin Singletary, obvious reasons, Gabe Davis, greatest uh, wide receiver game by, uh, you know, greatest wide receiver game in the playoffs ever. Not too shabby. Um, You know, we're talking about Jamar Chase, of course, Cam Akers, OBJ. These are all guys that are on the up. Do you want to talk about any or all of those guys real quick? I'd at least want to highlight some of these Bills guys, starting with Singletary, who was first on the list. Just to close out 2021, since week 14, well, one was the number two running back in the fantasy playoffs. But you look at the totals that this guy has had in terms of fantasy points and snap shares. I'm just going to go down it real quick. 82.7% snap share, 15 fantasy points, running back 14. Next week, week 15, 95.2% snaps, 16.6 running back 7, 71.4%, 18.8 points, running back 10, 80.8%, 23 fantasy points, running back 5, 78.5% snaps, 25.2 points, running back 3, 85.2% of snaps, 24.4 points, running back 2, and then 100% of snaps in the crunch time in this AFC uh, divisional round, 15.1 points, running back 4. I know that was against lesser competition, but still, Looking at those finishes is insane, those totals, and especially the workload. They finally committed to an every down back. The Bills did, and we saw the results. We've always known this offense is explosive. When they finally made a guy the focal point of the backfield, top 15 every single week and top 10 in all but one of them. That's insane. Uh, top, and top five in, in over half of those games as well. That's just incredible. Great to see if he leaves unscathed. Now, there's, of course, in that breath, they could be the first team to add a running back in the draft or one uh, he might not come out unscathed, but should he? I think he should go in the first three rounds. So if you're doing early 2022 drafts on, on Underdog, one of our favorite sites, code RSJ for a nice uh, 100 deposit match if you're watching here. 
Uh, ultimately, Singletary is going to be one of those guys that could yield huge value because he's going in round six, seven. People aren't believing in it right now. And I didn't think he did anything other than show that he belongs as their focal point. And then Gabe Davis, you, you mentioned him, the best playoff performance of any wide receiver ever. ever. More just like the secure role, even with Sanders, McKenzie, Beasley on the roster. Two of those guys, Sanders and McKenzie, are unrestricted free agents. Beasley's likely to be a cap casualty. Even with those guys on the roster, he ran the most routes and most snaps other than Stefan Diggs on the team and certainly had the most yards, most touchdowns, 200, four touchdowns as well. I mean, it was insane. And just to know this guy has a huge role already with the other guys around him still there, never mind the fact that most of them are probably going to be gone because the Bills are pretty cap-strapped. It's another thing to consider with Singletary. They're not going to bring in a huge name free agent at least. I think Gabriel Davis immediately vaults in that mid-round receiver conversation with a potential wide receiver. You just saw it, like the wide receiver, one overall upside. He probably won't take over for digs or anything of that nature, but that's why he's in such a great spot when he can feast on the number two opportunity uh, with those corners. It's just just a beautiful thing. So I thought all those guys were risers. I put Cam Akers on here after a dreadful performance, not because he doesn't look great right now. The two fumbles were abysmal. But he just saw 90% of the carries. Uh, he's clearly, you know, recovering, but actually on the field is a great sign for his long-term health, playing 58 of the snaps compared to 14 for Sony. And again, handling 24 touches compared to just one for Sony. So the know, guy is look, back. He is the workhorse, and it's beautiful to see. I know he looked rough and those fumbles, man, man, the, the Rams tried hard to give that game away. Um, they they really worked at it. Couldn't right. quite get couldn't quite get it done, but they worked at it. Um, Cam Akers, you have him 23 on your way too early big board. I don't care what he looked like exactly. If he's healthy, that's a steal. I agree. I, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I, I know you actually, I think you have him higher than the experts. Um, I, I, I think, are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think 20, 23rd, if, if this guy's running on all cylinders, late second round guy. Yeah. Sign me up. Absolutely. In fact, you know, between Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle, they combined, uh, you know, obviously they alternated between who was the running back one, depending on injuries and and the, the status of them. But they ultimately finished as a top 24 running back in all, but I think four weeks. I'm just pulling it up real quick. I had tweeted it just the other day. Uh, yep, running back one in 10 of 17 games, top 20 in uh, 11 of 17, so 65%. They accrued 240 combined fantasy points, which would have been the running back seven on the season here. And that's Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle. You tell me Cam Akers, who before the injury was looking like the next young stud of the NFL, isn't going to be a goldmine in this offense with Matt Stafford leading in charge? Oh, absolutely. Uh, just to see that he's even out there is, is a blessing. Of course, Jamar Chase is just like a monster, a phenom. I was too low on him on my first bra- my first draft, so I just kind of acknowledge that. And OBJ really rising that free agent stock. I'm very intrigued to see where he goes. Yeah, likewise. Uh, I, I feel like there's a similar OBJ vibe when you're talking about Gabe Davis talking about the guy who's like your number two receiver and, you know, other guys getting some attention and, and all of a sudden, I mean, OBJ became like a real player. It's the first time I've like thought he was a real player in like four years. Yeah. So, it's great. I, I, I like it. I, I mean, I Me know too. diva tendencies and people call him. I, I think he's a, a hard nosed player. I, I really love the guy given he brings me a fantasy title a couple of years, you know, back when his rookie season. So, I'll always be an OBJ fanboy. Just to be clear, that that wasn't a couple years ago. You're not (laughs) you're not as young as you think you are potentially. Um, Fallers: George Kittle, Alvin Kamara, and Mike Thomas, C.D. Lamb, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think I see where you're coming from on all those things. Somebody like Kittle, 
we still see the flashes. I mean, do you see that amazing catch he made on the sideline that basically kept that drop? Now, and, uh, you know, you counter that with the fact that he dropped one that would have definitely gone for 55 that hit him, like, right in the chest. Um, you know, Jimmy G's numbers were artificially lower than they actually should have been because, like, because of that play, because balls were bouncing on, on people's hands. By the way, Jimmy G just keeps on winning. And I just want to say that the Wolf and I called that. We said yeah. that if the Niners beat the Cowboys, which we were very on the fence about, we said the Bucks are going to lose to the Rams. We said the Packers are going to lose to the Niners. So we uh, really did. I give ourselves, yeah, it's on the. You can re- listen to the podcast. We said it. So pat on the back for us. Anyway, uh, anybody else you want to touch on here? I, one or two of these guys I did comment on on my on my list. Go ahead. Yeah, one of them was you know when I first made my 2022 big board, which was like week 15 of the <laughs> the season. It still wasn't over. I'm just a psycho. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in that sense, you are. Kittle had been coming off like a 39 and 34 point day in back to back games. And yep. it's a reminder the ceiling is as astronomical as anybody. But then he wrapped up the season with 4.1, 4.5, and six points in the playoffs. He's had all single digit performances. I think last week he had cracked 10 barely in PPR leagues. It's just a reminder that there's a huge ceiling, but also a huge floor. I don't think that's going to change if and when Trey Lance takes over either. So I bumped him down a decent amount. He doesn't belong in the same tier as. Andrews or Kelsey, who have so much more consistency. Kamara and MT, uncertainty at QB, and now uncertainty at head coach. Uncertainty across the board for those guys. You you know, you can't feel good about drafting them as of today. Who knows who will land there at QB and who will land there as head coach, but they're so cap-strapped right now with the Taysom Hill. Like Sean Payton getting them in a horrible situation and then piecing out uh, ultimate FU, I guess, to New Orleans. But still, uh, it's really tough to go all in on either of those guys right now. And CeeDee Lamb, it's just like the playoffs were another reminder Another single-digit performance for the guy. He's been like – he makes these highlight plays that you're like, all right, he's one of the next great young wide receivers in the game, and he, maybe he is. He only had four top 12 games all season. He wrapped up the season with five straight uh, wide, outside the top 36 wide receivers. In, in fact, outside the top 50 in the three last games of his. It's, uh, it's one of those things like, yeah, sure, he has all the young talent in the world, but with a good play call and a good QB – He's still not really getting it done. So, well, that's dynasty, whether that's redraft, you have to be concerned with the inconsistency of CeeDee Lamb. So I dropped him. You know, he, he's getting ranked right now by the ECR as a top 24 pick. That's nuts. I, I can't spend a top first two rounder on a guy that inconsistent, no matter how many flashes. No, you say 24, like, something like that. You got Cam Akers 23. I'd rather have Cam Akers like so much more than CeeDee Lamb. Oh, he's ranked below Keenan Allen, De- just at his own position. Keenan Allen, Deontay Johnson, like DK Metcalf. I mean, I know he had his own issues. Yeah, in well, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, C.D. Lamb above them is asinine to me. So those are just a few of the recent right. risers and fallers on my rankings in this early stage of the offseason. Comment away if you guys Again, this <laughs> this is – going to be this stuff is going to be highly malleable it's going to be changing all the time (laughs) so for people watching here it's january 27th like this is going to change no doubt about it and let's talk about some of those players that are destined to change some of the hardest players to rank as of today this you threw three down in this list and obviously there's more than this we can you know and and some of some of them you know minimal impact like you said but the guys at the top of your list deshaun watson obvious reasons why this guy is tough to rank uh you know, who knows if he's going to be on a team. If he is, who knows what that team's going to be. Um, if he's on a team, who knows if he's going to be what he used to be. It's just, it's very, very difficult. Aaron Rodgers, uh, uh, who the hell knows 
Um, I've heard rumors recently, maybe he and Devontae going to Denver as a package deal. I'm listening. Yeah, but you know, I would be horny as hell and at the same time, like I'm so over Aaron Rodgers. Like <laughs> you, I, know you know you want him. He has a Broncos fan. I, I don't him. want him. I, I mean, no, if, no, no. Here's the deal. You like, want Teddy fucking Bridgewater. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I don't want him. If we get him, I'll, of course I'll be behind him. You know what I mean? But I'm not like pining for them to go get him. I don't want to like root for him. Knowing I, they're I, coming as a package deal, I wouldn't even care if Mac Jones sits for a year or they trade him away just to get Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and go win a Super Bowl. I want that as a Patriots fan, and I've hated him. I told you, if we get him, I'll be behind him. But I, I, he's, you know, I've I've pulled for the guy most of his career, and it's just, you know, my opinion of him has gone down a lot. He's I mean, a very, he's a very in the playoffs. Like he's got a terrible playoff record. He doesn't come he, through. What, what's his record in the playoffs? Seven and nine uh, historically. Yeah. No, I think he's eleven and ten or something like that. I think he's. I, I want to say he's one game above five hundred. It's not good. I don't. I don't know that he is. I think it was below five hundred. I could be wrong on go, that. Too. Google it. Uh, it's yeah. not good. Whether I'm right or you're right, that's not a good play. Either way, record. yeah. I right? mean, Jimmy We're G's like four and one. Stuck, Jimmy right? G's <laughs> like four or five and one. Right, exactly. Jimmy G, if he makes the Super Bowl, will have more Super Bowl appearances than Aaron Rodgers. It's fucking wild. Jimmy G uh, has has like twice as many uh, postseason wins as the Cowboys do in like the entire 21st century. That's that's insane. Jimmy G is a fucking boss, man. Yeah. Um, Jameis Winston. I, this one I was a little bit more um, – I didn't agree with you as much on him because I kind of think his time as a – starter is potentially I don't want to say definitely out I mean I, it's not like I don't think he's better than some guys that start but if you told me this guy wasn't going to be a starting quarterback somewhere next year I wouldn't be that surprised and if he does start for somebody I I guess I'd be a little surprised if he was super fantasy relevant yeah it's I always so again we're going through like a quick hit free agent so we're not going to break down all these guys or tops landing spots we just kind of want to give you the names that yeah. are on the top of our minds here but the quarterbacks are intriguing in the sense that one, it's their own fancy value, but of course, as you mentioned at the top, like the players around them are going to be massively impacted. If one of these guys, Rodgers or Watson, goes to the Steelers, like those receivers are going to skyrocket. Najee Harris would skyrocket. So it is obviously a probably the biggest storylines of the offseason. Watson, Rodgers, maybe even Russell Wilson if he ends up getting traded. I know those rumors. Yeah, Brady. What about Brady? Brady, if he returns, you know he'll be with the Bucks. But yeah, of course, you maybe. Know, huge story whether he comes back. But yeah, Winston, I mean, we've seen him lead the league in passing and sustain fantasy monsters before he is coming off a bad injury, but tell me yeah, he can't he go to the Steelers and make some, I keep bringing that team up, but there is so many weapons galore there. Uh, it would be intriguing to see. And all these players in flux now with the Saints, the Washington football team, who's their QB, the Packers. If Rodgers leaves, is it going to be Jordan Love? I'd imagine so. Uh, there's definitely some really big intrigue. The only other QBs that are free agents, like Fitzpatrick, could be interesting. Mariota, Mitch is always interesting to get another shot. Like that would be intriguing. But th until they're actually starters, no. we don't really need no. to worry about we don't, that. But those we're not talking about those guys. No. I'm going to read you the top 10 wide receiver free agents. This, this is a pretty loaded obviously list. Obviously, we're not going to talk about all of them, but, but just real quick, this is why some of the things on the list are so difficult to predict. Yeah. These are guys that are unrestricted. Loaded list. Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson. Remember how good he used to be? Odell Beckham, Michael Gallup, Antonio Brown, Mike Williams, DJ Chark, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Christian Kirk. Not a bad crop of wide no. receivers. What do you no. think? I mean, obviously, I mean, to me, this is a great crop of wide receivers, but it's Adams and then there's a big drop. 
Yeah. Adam, I mean, Godwin's great. Uh, he's coming off an injury. Exactly. And even if he wasn't coming off an injury, it's still a big drop. It'd be Adams, God, like Adams. Godwin's drop, in, Adam's Godwin in his own drop. team. <laughs> like, yeah, right. exactly. And right. then you're looking at, you know, potential studs in Robinson and Beckham. And I really like what Gallup's done. Antonio Brown, when he is playing for a team, was really looking solid this year. It was a wide receiver forward fantasy. So, I mean, these guys, uh, there's definitely some impact players. I don't think we see Antonio Brown in the NFL again, to be honest. Uh, I, but, I yeah. just can't imagine giving him – I can't imagine taking a chance on the guy. Yeah. He went <laughs> off on Brady. Like, <laughs> he threw Brady under the bus. What are you doing? Uh, yeah, exactly. If you can't get along with Brady, who's doing everything he can for you. I, well, I he wouldn't have been on this team. Let's just be real clear. This guy would not have gotten the yeah. shot. I'm, I'm relatively positive if Brady hadn't gone to bat for him. Right, um, exactly. And now he's gonna. I, I also saw. Have you seen the thing on HBO Real Sports on Antonio Brown, the Bryant Gumble sports no, show? No, no. Yeah, there, there's. I just watched it today. It's 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 a good show in general, but there's a 15 minute segment just on the Antonio Brown thing. Ooh. And I gotta say, I, I just left it being like, yeah, he's a dirtbag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I would check it out though if I were you. In terms um, of running backs, I mean, this list is also pretty loaded with Fournette and Connor at the top, both top five running backs in 2021 for fantasy purposes, both free agents. You you know, hope they go back to their respective homes if your Brady's back and, and Kingsbury's back with the, the Cardinals. Both, I think Kingsbury will be back, but man, it's getting a, a short leash there. But you also have Gordon Patterson, who was a top five running back for a lot of the season. That Robert guy should Young. be on the tough, the tough to rank list. Oh, he is. And all these guys, again, free agents are always tough to rank, but like even where if Patterson lands, like wherever he lands, he's going to be tough to rank regardless because there's no way he has that same role unless he goes back to Atlanta. And even then, who knows who they'll bring in? You got Ronald Jones, Sony Michelle, Chase Edmonds, Penny, Daryl Williams, Devonta Freeman. And you can also add like JD McKissick, who's not that intriguing himself, but if he leaves, what that could mean for Antonio Gibson, that's kind of the same breath as like Chase Edmonds, the entire Cardinals backfield is up there in flex. If there's a new starter there, who that might be. Sony Michelle, is he going to leave the Rams? And the Rashad Penny factor, you know, he might, I had him at eight here on the list, but the way he finished the season, number one running back in the fancy playoffs, like whether he lands with the Seahawks and they give him the feature back role all year, or if he's I have to out think of there, he will. I have to think he will. Why, that's, you you got to bring him back. What are you going to do? Give, you going to give Chris Carson the keys again? Come on, man. too many injuries. No, so no, no it, way. It, but Penny's too many injuries too. So who knows uh, if they even trust either of those guys uh, with with the backfield? But certainly another between receivers and and and, if it, and like who knows who their quarterback's even going to be? So yeah, yeah. exactly. This, this is why we don't have any idea, folks. But right. All right. Anyway, um, you know you've got and then you've got other tough calls. This is my favorite list because you got seven guys on here and like five of them I specifically without seeing this list was like, I don't know what I think about this guy. I don't know what I think about this yeah. guy. And just listen them up. And they are as follows. Uh, Eli Mitchell, Amon Ross St. Brown, Calvin Ridley, Travis Etienne, DeAndre Hopkins, J.K. Dobbins, Terry McLaurin. If you feel real confident about any of these guys, what's wrong with you? How, yeah. <laughs> like, how, how could you? I think the guy that I feel the best about on this list is Mitchell. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, Hopkins is a proven commodity. Um, but honestly, I have questions about Kyler Murray. Yeah, so, I do so too. I don't know. And, and Hopkins <laughs> really fizzled down the stretch. Then he's he got a serious injury. Like, yeah. uh, is he on his back nine here? Is he going to come yeah, back? Yeah, maybe. I mean, his hands are still great, but he needs to be able to get open. Yeah. And he needs a quarterback that's going to put it at least kind of close to him. Exactly. So it, all question marks <laughs> there. I, I've, I'm with you too. I mean, if Eli Mitchell emerges through the offseason, they add no one else. Like, that man saw 17 or more yeah. carries in every single game this year. So, that's crazy. Every single game he played. 21 plus and I think six or seven straight. 
Shanahan clearly loves the guy, so I imagine he'll come back as the starter, in which case he's a top 15 running back. But it, we've seen it's been five straight years. The leading fantasy producer in the San Fran backfield has been someone different. So right. it's uh, so you know, hard to a, go all in. Like, it's a fair point because one of my things I said is you have uh, you have Zeke at 27 on your big board. I, I I would much rather have Eli, who you have at 30. Um, I mean, you know, I know that's not a big discrepancy, but I, I feel like they're just going in very different directions. Of course. Right, right now. Um, but, you know, it's hard to disagree with what you said about, yeah, it's pro probably the leading San Francisco rusher is going to be some guy that maybe even isn't on their roster or is like their fourth string guy right now. This is yeah. so hard to tell, and San Francisco is magnified by that. But based on talent, based on usage, all that stuff, I do like Eli on that list. But Absolutely. like I said, that's a that, that's a tough group to rank, as you said. Yeah. All right. And so you those wanna... will be the guys, like, obviously everyone's in flux. Again, that's why we're Roto Street Journal, because stocks are always up and down. And it's certainly this early in the offseason. But those are, you know, 20 to 30 players that, whether they're free agents, whether it's just like who knows what their situation will be, or they had kind of crazy outlier years. You know, I'm on way St. Brown, the number one wide receiver in the fantasy playoffs over Cooper Cup. Scored more points than Cooper Cup. That's fucking nuts. But like, can he actually do that again? Can he stretch that out over a full season? No, probably, probably not. Probably not. But like, <laughs> I, you know, he's I'm I'm ranked 40 spots higher than him right now because yeah. I think he is a legit talent. And even if they bring in another receiver. You gotta imagine the QB gets upgraded or stays the same. Like, you know, can't get worse there. I don't know. It just yeah, it could, we say it can't get worse, but yeah. it, it could always get worse. I mean, I think we've seen like you know Jared Goff's lousy. There's worse quarterbacks than Jared Goff. Well, who was the starter? Uh, Big game Boyle, right? Was that the yeah. guy down the stretch? Yeah. <laughs> like, it can't get worse than him, and he was putting up wide receiver the number one receiver numbers with him. So, it just it takes a talent to do that. And I think everyone's kind yeah, of doubting good. and saying it's a flash in the pan, like. I'll buy him at that discount. I think it's actually, if I had to guess, uh, you know, just to ride the fence completely, I would actually say that uh, I would pick probably. I, I think that the so-called experts are too low, and I think you might be a little bit out of control with the forty <laughs> spots above. We'll see. Um, all right, do we want to? We want to talk tier by tier just a little bit. You want me to throw some of my observations? Why don't we hit a tier, and then I'll tell you any observations in that tier that I made, and maybe yeah. we can use that as a talking point. Absolutely. Something like that. So I'll pull up the rankings here as you guys can see them. And again, you can go revisit this list. I update it, you know, even though it's the offseason almost every other day. Uh, I'll be, he, I'll be he making does. It's changes and tinkering. I'm a psycho and I just, it's my baby. And I want to make sure it's always up to date as possible. So, yeah, I think, you know, especially for podcast listeners, we just kind of read off like tier one. For example, here, I'll just start it off. I know you're the, the host and you're the be beautiful no. reading voice, but so, you know, tier one, Josh Allen, then tier two. Number two is Pat Mahomes, followed by Herbert, and then. Uh, Kyler Murray. So that's my top four, like elite locked in QB ones, difference makers, in my opinion. And then there's a big tier three with like Joe Burrow, followed by Brady, Stafford, Lamar, Dak Prescott, Rogers, 11, Russell Wilson, 12, Jalen Hurts. Those are all my top 12 QBs or quote unquote QB ones. And then, yeah, from there, you know, you'll read them out and you'll tell me which one to two you really want me to dive into. I don't have any notes on any of them. I just kind of want to hear your thoughts and I'll, I'll go off the cuff here. So and that goes for the comments. Are, too. are we going by positions? We're not yeah, right we're now. Right position. now, nobody's commenting. Wolf, this is you and me talking. Let's talk. But again, anybody catching the the stream after the fact, hit our comment section. Let me know what players you want to break down on, who you disagree with. Uh, we'd love to hear it. And if you are here and you haven't hit that thumbs up button, it does share us out to more people. It does get us rolling. Uh, and, and of course, the subs and likes are so appreciated. But yeah, let's talk about these these quarterbacks. These so, all right, so we're going to go by position. We're not going big board. We're not going. Uh, 
we're not going round by round big board. Okay, we're just talking quarterbacks here. Yeah. Um, all right. So I did have an issue with a quarterback relative to who he was compared to on your big board. Um, so not to break the rules right away. You have Calvin Ridley at 43 on your big board, which my my first thing is just like I said, Calvin Ridley, 43. I just don't see how you could. And then I said, would you really have him? Would you really rather have him than Pat Mahomes at 45? <laughs> I would pick Mahomes a hundred times out of a hundred in that situation. And I don't believe in reaching for quarterbacks. So Mahomes is number two on our quarterback list. Obviously at RSJ, we don't believe in reaching for quarterbacks. That was one big board because I went by the big board. I didn't go by positions. And I was just like, I would never take Calvin Ridley over Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just would not do it. Um, as far as what you've got on your QB big board here, isn't it crazy how Lamar Jackson's stock has fallen? I mean, mm-hmm. this this guy, you've got him at eight amongst quarterbacks. So, I mean, he's like a kind of lower end starting player now. And on the big board, I mean, what do you got him at like 80 or something? You got him at 91 on the big board. I True. mean, that's and I don't even think you're wrong. I think you're right. Yeah. Do, do you think he's just going to fizzle? I don't know. It seems like he got figured out. Certainly the injuries didn't help his case. Uh, Maybe when they have J.K. Dobbins back, who knows? But it doesn't seem like Greg Roman's scheme is much longer in the NFL. They figured it out. Defenses are there. I mean, you look at the the finishes, you saw the upside at times, 42 points, 34 points, 33. But then you also got 14, 19. Like he was outside the top 12 quarterbacks more often than he was inside the top 12 quarterbacks. Uh, he had some really brutal duds that were weak losers. And, and I don't know. Like He also got COVID like four times. Yeah, he's always sick. <laughs> he's like, always got COVID. He's always got some sort of sickness going on. He's an interesting one. I'm minus three ECR on him. I just, I, I look at some of these guys. Like, I know what I'm getting in Stafford. I know what I'm yeah. getting in Burrow. Every single week, you're you're going to be fringe top 12. Whereas Lamar Jackson, that roller coaster ride, I'm all set. Like, I, I have never really been that big into him. Uh, and certainly not anymore where defenses really seem to have a, a key on how to stop this guy. I wouldn't be shocked if he kind of fizzles out within the next couple of years and is one of those just like what could have been, you know, we saw that one MVP season. I don't think we ever get back that upside. And I think people like kind of Cam Newton, huh? Cause I mean, right? Newton, Cam Newton had that one great season and we drafted him in our, that high stakes league we did. And we were, it was like the biggest mistake we ever made in our lives. Right. Exactly. Um, I think people keep chasing that and, and it's going to keep burning people. Right. And I mean, and, you know, that's all right. We're not going to get off. I mean, that's the case with all the, any of these guys who blew up like, like Cooper cup or anything like that. It's like, am I going to be chasing that season for Cooper cup for the rest of his life? Uh, hopefully not. I have more faith in him. Maybe one other, <laughs> yeah, maybe this year, right? You got him two overall on your big board. Um, Behind one other, Jonathan Taylor, and I think those are like the clear cut. It's yeah, be one I mean, I might two. even consider taking him above Taylor, which is insane. Um, it, it should be insane, but it's not. Which is right, like the, but it's the not. Part. The one other guy, I think I kind of feel like I'm nervous about him, and I know this is recency bias because um, he just looked so bad the last time or two we saw him. Is Kyler Murray? You have him in your tier two. Um, mm-hmm very highly ranked for quarterbacks. I would rather take a, a few of the guys below him. I, I'm I'm worried. I've seen yeah. the talent. I've seen how good he was. He looked like an absolutely just terrible football player in, in that game that we saw him in. Wouldn't you agree? I, yeah, you're right. Like it, it is pretty scary uh, in that sense. And you look at like these last few weeks, 14, 22, 23, 17, like, 
yeah, QB six and six in back-to-back weeks, but that was his ceiling. Whereas like at the beginning of the year, you know, QB one, QB one, the unstoppable MVP, like nobody would have touched him in fantasy. Uh, he was going to be the runaway best player that we could have ever had. And, and it just really fizzled out. Nine TDs in the first week. He combined for like nine TDs across his last right. seven games. Like, exactly. And, 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 and four of those were in one game. Yeah. It's tough. Cause and I guess like how, how can I be so high on him, but so low on Lamar Jackson? Cause it's kind of a similar argument, the Konami upside and the, the huge blow up weeks that he's younger moment. Like they're kind of the same player. So maybe that's one I do need to reevaluate. Uh, even though I'm somehow minus one ECR on him. So everybody still is loving him in 2022. That's an interesting one to toss out there. Don't you kind of love Burrow? I do. I really love Burrow. I was a little surprised you had Burrow below Murray. I'll be honest. And I'm, I'm surprised I'm plus one ECR by having Burrow at five. This guy went bananas down the stretch. 900 yards in his last two full games was crazy. He averaged the most fantasy points per pass attempt of anybody in the league. And so the only thing holding him back was volume. He just didn't throw the ball all that often. Um, and this was, as again, as a sophomore coming off ACL and MCL tears, mind you, the most fancy points per pass attempt. Now that we've seen them get a little more aerial happy, they're kind of handing the keys over and letting him command the offense on his own. I really think he definitely is clear-cut top five. But more so, what's interesting to me, too, is how he played after week six because there was a lot of speculation this guy was going to be on the PUP, was going to uh, you know miss those first six oh, weeks right. of the season. So let's say – like. He wasn't fully healthy till week six. Well, at, from that point on, he was a top 12 quarterback in eight of 11 games. 73% of the time, he was a top 12 quarterback. Only Josh Allen had more points per game, 24.6, compared to 24.1 for Burrow. So the way he finished the season, the consistency, the it just seems like he's only going upward and upward. The better that Jamar Chase gets, the more uncoverable this offense becomes. You give him some line support next year. You're right. Yeah, because he gets Burrow. he gets sacked a shit ton. I mean, I, imagine it, imagine if he did nine times in the playoffs last week. He still they won three hundred fifty yards. Like and they won. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Yeah, uh, yeah Burrow. I just love as a real life so, player, as a fantasy player next year. I'm all in on him. Yeah. So to kind of all right, we feel the same way. To kind of put a bow on this, um, one thing we see if we look at your top three tiers, which is your top twelve guys, which figures to be your starters in a standard league there's still not much reason to reach. I, I know we say that all the time. You're going to get a good guy uh, yeah. as your quarterback. And even if you reach a little bit into tier four, there's some guys you feel okay about. I think you're too high on Trey Lance. Um, but I mean, this kind of goes to what we're talking about with, I mean, look, what if, what if Jimmy G wins the fucking Super Bowl? <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Do we see Trey Lance? You know, even send him packing? I mean, Trey Lance looked pretty damn bad this year. Right. He, he didn't show a ton. He does have all that Konami upside in the yep. world. Their weapons are there. Deshaun Watson led the league in passing the last time we saw him. Kirk Cousins was a top 10 quarterback all year. Look, if Deshaun Watson plays, if he plays, he's not He's not in this tier. He's clearly in a tier above this. Watson, oh yeah. If Watson's good to go, I mean, he would be probably ahead of Brady on this list. Depending yeah, on I was going to say 6-7, somewhere right. in there. I also do want to bump up Tua. I think I'll move him you know, maybe ahead of Mac Jones. Uh, maybe even had a field here. And I know I don't, it's not because I love Tua, but they're interviewing three offensive minded coaches, whether it ends up being. Are Gable. you surprised they fired Brian Flores? I am. It sounds like a lot of it was to go all in on Tua. It sounds like Flores wasn't sold on Tua. He was like ratting him out about potentially like he had him tested. Like he, he told the, the league to go test his quarterback for like steroids. I don't know if that was a fake report, whatever. There's just a lot of tension behind the scenes between the two. And now they're going out and hiring maybe Brian Dable, who we just saw coordinate that Bills attack. That was high flying. He's supposed to be the front runner there. But if not him, McDaniels from the 49ers is another 
prime candidate or Kellen Moore, who led the number one scoring offense in the NFL with the Cowboys. So ultimately, like I do think two is going to get a big bump regardless of who lands there. So he belongs in this tier as well. The rest right. of this, you know, we don't need to dive into my my bottom 26. Your big Ben's still on the list, no. even though he just retired today. So yeah, I, yeah. I do think, though, there's, again, 17 to 18 names I'm very intrigued by as quarterback. So it does seem like another weight on QB situation for sure. All right, let's move on to running backs. Um, All righty. We're going to go just by the running back list. And if it comes to me, I'll, I'll tell you where they rank on the big board list. Tier one, Jonathan Taylor by himself. You've also got him number one overall. You said he and Cooper Cup, the only guys you would really consider for that top spot. Yep. Moving down to tier two, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, which is like, yeah, you know, kind of on eggshells there. He's already. very polarizing, yeah. Joe, I mean, I, right, what are you going to – we're just guessing here, folks. Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, that rounds out tier two. That sounds about right. Then we go to tier three, and that's, you know, we'll, we'll go a little further than this, but – Javante Williams, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, who you've already talked about as a fall. You actually have him three spots below the experts. DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, who three spots above the experts, who, as I said before, if he's healthy, I think he's a steal. And let's just go down tier four really quickly, and, and we'll kind of cap it there. Yeah. Oh, Cordell Patterson, top of tier five. I kind of like to talk that, about That's kind of like the uncertain <laughs> tier. Like, all the names on the uncertain list, right? Travis Etienne, Clyde right, right, Hilaire, right. James Conner, Patterson, like, that that's a weird tier. So you're right. Like let's cap it at this, right. this next well, maybe year. we'll come back. We'll do the we'll do another show where we're just like, what about these guys? Of course. Uh, David Montgomery, 14 overall for running backs. Uh, you know, this is tier four. We're talking about Zeke at 15, Aaron Jones, 16, Leonard Fournette, 17. Uh, he's a big question mark. We don't know where he's gonna be. Elijah Mitchell, 18, another question mark. Saquon Barkley, you got him five below the experts at 19. I, I completely agree with you. Um yeah. I was ahead of that. I was ahead of the Barkley thing. Josh <laughs> Jacobs, 20. J.K. Dobbins, 21. Singletary, 22. 13 spots above the experts yeah. for you. I Look, I was not a believer in Singletary until I just saw him do it a bunch of times. But having seen him do it a bunch of times, I don't know how the experts could have him as the RB35. How? Yeah. More like overall pick 35, maybe, or higher. Um, right. Damian Harris, 23. Uh, and then, like we said, after that's tier five, a lot of I don't knows. I would start just by saying I agree with you on Jonathan Taylor. But all these top guys make me nervous, all of them. And maybe that's just going to be a thing that's in place for running backs moving forward always. Like, how can you feel too good about any of them? We look at the guys on this list. Who on this list in the top two tiers didn't suffer from, you know, an injury missed time this year? Honestly, none. Like, I mean, like even Eckler, who was – a stud every game he played did miss multiple games similar to Mixon, who like yep. was very high end RB one, nearly every game he played missed a little bit of time. Najee Harris didn't get hurt, but like up and down consistency mm -hmm. was pretty inefficient behind that bad line. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There, there's question marks around there's them. Question marks all. Marks we, all. So let's talk about the most obvious question mark CMC. Okay. Yeah. Uh, un, unquestioned number one overall pick last year, pretty much by you, but also back to back much, years. Yeah. Yeah. But pretty much by everybody. <laughs> Um, and this is now the second year in a row that we've had a big uh, pie thrown in our face, basically, um, for picking him first. Now we got him eight overall on the big board, five amongst running backs. I mean, look, it's like we talk about the chase. We're chasing. We're chasing. We've seen yeah. how amazing this guy is, and we're chasing that crack high. And what do you think, man? Like, if if, if he's there with the eighth pick and it comes to you, I know you're an upside chaser. So maybe you're just like, yeah, definitely. Do you feel good about taking this guy? It's hard to feel it's 
It's, it's a huge tug of war internally for me because I've taken him one overall in my main league in back-to-back years, and he's kicked me straight in the nuts both times. How'd you finish in those years? Yeah, exactly. It did not good. Right. <laughs> me either. I, I, seriously. <laughs> I took him last year. Exactly. And it's still so tough because I'm getting a guy who two years ago put up the in 2018 the number two running back season of all time behind only that crazy 32 touchdown Ladini and Donaldson season. So, I mean, that is still existent. And when he's been out there, he's averaged yeah, right around he's 25. He's been out there. He's been great. That's the thing that's hard about it. You see it and you're like, oh yeah, this is why I took this, this is guy. why. And then they're right. like, oh, he comes up lame. He's exactly. out four to six weeks. So it's one of those things. Like I, I tried to balance both of those things. And, and that's where he fell smack dab in the middle which is not where he's going to finish. He's either going to be the number one player or he's going to be another like, league loser right, for you. Like I, I think towards the end of round one is where I can take that risk and feel okay with it. But yeah, it's as polarizing as it gets. I, I Every time I re-rank, I feel like I bump him up his spots. I'm like, it's CMC. He's the best in the yeah, game it's like, when he's good. It, it's so hard. You to better have, have a good second round pick if you're picking snake draft and you go with that guy. You better have somebody with a solid floor is all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I think you got to go running back, running back if you go CMC. And go for those those stallions and hope they both last. But if not, maybe you have like CMC and Chubb somehow. I was gonna say CMC Chubb, CMC Javante, something like that. Imagine that hits like oh, that would be sexy as all hell. It hits, Uh, but yeah, it does change how you draft. He's very intriguing, but again, the second most fancy points of all time, like in a single season. And but that's also the Lamar Jackson. Like I'm like I'm chasing the number three. Fantasy points of all time. And I and that's why I, I've given up on him. I should probably give up on CMC, but I guess I've just seen more from CMC when he's out there. Whereas Lamar Jackson, when he's been out there, has been more up and down. Like, when CMC's out there, he's getting you 20 plus. Well, he, he's, he's gonna he's gonna get picked, is the thing. And like whether whether he is like uh the three-down horse that we're so used to him being, or anything like that, or if he's playing every other game. Whoever he's playing for, like you're gonna be like, oh man, like every other game I'm getting 18, 20 points yeah. out of this guy. And that's gonna be a killer. It's like the question is how much are you willing to spend to have it? I mean, it's it's the ultimate upside gamble. It really is. But man, the floor it turns out the floor is really low too. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. We talked a little bit about some of your I said, you know, I thought Cam Akers was a steal uh, as your 13th running back potentially. We go down to tier four a little bit. Things get interesting. I said I thought that you actually have Zeke two spots higher than the experts. I think you're too high on Zeke. And I just I'm just going by the eye test and nothing else. Like I just I don't like what I see, man. No, and it's it's I don't like what I saw this year either. But then it comes out he played with a torn PCL all year. Like, yeah, you know, that doesn't that, sound yeah. great. That's that's extremely hard to do. So one that's like shows the toughness of this motherfucker. Those first couple of weeks, like he looked very spry. He was zipping. Yeah, I agree. And he somehow finished the season. And this is the difference between total points and points per game. He finishes the running back six in fantasy. Now he was like the running back yep. 17 and points per game. So that's not great. You know, low end art running back two, but he still played every single game with a, a PCL injury. And there's something to be said for having your running back all year, even if it is only for 10 to 12 points at a time, like, it's a serviceable running back too. And now where I have him ranked is right where he, you know, finishing points per game, assuming that he gets healthy, assuming that this offense is as good as it's been these last couple of years. I, I'm like Zeke. I, everybody's hating on Zeke and it's very easy. To is everybody hating on him? Because I've been shut off from like fantasy news. This is the most I've talked fantasy. Is, is this a common Oh yeah, that I'm saying? Okay, like, I had no idea. To talk about how bad he was. And he was not good and he didn't look good. He looked like a slug towards the end of the year. There's no doubt about that. 
But again, it comes out, he's playing on a torn PCL. Like, I can't even go up the fucking stairs with a torn PCL. Never yeah, mind. But let's go let's, let's look at the other side of that. That's that's looking at the positives, which I, I completely understand. And you may be correct. And I don't question the guy's toughness, even for a second. Please don't tell him that I do, because I don't want to have to deal <laughs> yeah. with this guy. Knock, knock, knock. I Hello. don't, I don't, he, 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 yeah, he's he's one of the ultimate tough guys. He really is. He's not a fake tough guy. Uh, I don't believe in the Cowboys, just in general. Like you know, I, you know, I know there's real football and there's fake football. I don't believe in the Cowboys. And the second thing is, we're talking about oh, he played on a you know torn PCL. It's like yeah, man. I mean, like he's not a super young running back anymore. He's True. got a lot of miles on him at this point because he's so tough, partially. Um, and I mean, how long do running backs usually last and be? 90, 95%, 100% of elite Zeke, right? Yeah. I mean, who knows how many of these running backs he can just bounce back from or uh, right. these injuries he can just bounce back from. Look at Saquon Barkley. I know he's playing for the Giants, but I mean, like, the guy hasn't been the same, right, ever since he got hurt? No. So uh, I mean, I, that, yeah. that's that's my thoughts on Zeke. That's why I'm saying it. I mean, he if he didn't fall off the cliff this year, he was teetering right on the edge. And, and there's times it looked like he was off the cliff. It, to me, it's worth that gamble in the running back 15 okay. range. Like maybe it was the torn PCL. He gets himself fully healthy and has a Zeke year. Like then you're getting an absolute steal. If I'm getting, you know, Zeke Elliott in round three as my running back two, that's kind of where I'm envisioning this. And that's where he's ranked right now. And I think that and, might be a worthwhile gamble. And that does too sound game. when you say it like that, it does sound kind of sexy. Like, that, um, like imagine but, he comes back and he's Zeke that you know, he'll never be rookie year Zeke leading the league as a and rushing as a rookie ever again. I think yeah, the but, biggest yeah. you know, concern with Zeke is how much better Tony Pollard has looked every single time he's been in there. Like they, they've done their offense a disservice by putting Zeke in over Tony Pollard the last two years. Well, that's another concern that's legit. Yeah. And I, I want to close this off because we could probably talk about this for the rest of the episode. But you just do a running back. I, I, I would rather have I'd rather have Elijah Mitchell than Zeke. I said it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't blame you for that. The other two, obviously, you know, Javante Williams at eight is assuming Gordon's gone. We saw one game without Gordon. He put up the running back one score over 28 points yep. that week. So, like, he's really intriguing, but obviously dependent on what happens with Melvin Gordon this offseason. I do love the fact that Nathaniel Hackett is now the offensive coordinator. We talked about maybe Rodgers and uh, Devonta Adams going there. The, the offensive coordinator from the Packers goes to the, the Broncos. They're clearly loading up to, to try to make this move happen. Imagine Williams in that offense with Rodgers as the only guy, if that, if all those things come to fruition, I'd probably put Williams at like running back five above Christian McCaffrey here. Uh, that's how good the guy looked and passed the eye test. So he's someone that stands to either fall really bad. If Gordon comes back and the quarterback situation still sucks, or he could rise up to my, I mean, he might even be number two on my list. Like I look at this, I'm like, I would almost rather have a young spry, like ready to roll Javante Williams than like a Derrick Henry coming off a big injury than Dalvin cook coming off a lot of injuries this year. I, I don't know. Javante Williams could honestly approach with Rogers running backs with Rogers with Rogers throwing, with Rogers with, throwing with to Adams uh, and Cortland Sutton and Jerry that's Jones. what I'm saying. Like in that offense, Patrick would, Williams or whatever. So yeah, he's someone that could gain leaps and bounds. Um, and, and as you mentioned, you know, Leonard Fournette, a free agent, if he goes back with the Bucks, he's the number two running back for the second half of the year. Number two in running back targets, like if Brady's back, but that's Brady and him going back. So a lot of question marks there. J.K. Dobbins, we talked about, is a hard to get ranked guy. Like. Could be a monster in that run scheme, but could suck. And I'm, then you I'm mentioned skeptical. Barkley. Yeah, I'm skeptical. I do think Barkley's one that could gain a ton if they bolster the line, if they get an offensive mind there. Uh, but yeah, if, it's, if, it's if, all if, 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 Barkley could be great. Exactly. If, 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 it's not going to happen. You know who's um, weird to rank outside my top You know, 12 is Aaron Jones. Like, 
He's yeah, and not even really that close to your top 12. He's like 16, no. 17. And we just saw a 30-point day in the playoffs, you know. But A.J. Dillon, it's more so I like A.J. Dillon. Less than I don't, it's not that I dislike Aaron Jones. I love the player. Uh, A.J. Dillon yeah, really you, took off down the stretch. You faded A.J. Yeah, I Why? did last year. And, and I don't know that I'll do the same. Like, A.J. Dillon's an absolute monster with those thighs. And so can, I just, can I just say, based on, we're not getting many comments. So when I see him, I have to act on him. Uh, the our uh, Road Street Journal's own CJ just commented, shocked that Jarek McKinnon is not in the Wolves' top 20 running backs. <laughs> well, you can count me as also shocked, CJ, because I assumed that we were going to be going all in on this guy. I was thinking the top 20 would probably include Jarek McKinnon as well as Jay Ajayi or whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> oh, McKinnon. He has fooled us one too many times. Thank you yeah, so but like, for reminding but, us. But aren't you a little bit intrigued? Of course. If he, I mean, been- I am. I admit it. I am. He's looked really good these last couple of weeks with the Chiefs, but he's not going to get the starting role. If he got the starting role somehow, then yeah, he might. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility, man. I really don't. The offense has looked better with him at running back than it has with Clyde. I'll tell you that. I think it's looked better with him or Daryl Williams than Clyde, but I think Williams is going to leave and we'll see what happens. All right. uh, You want to talk wide receivers? Let's get on into these wide receivers. Yes. We're like said, we'd keep it at 45. We're at, 49 and we've only done two of the positions tight ends will go fast it always does yeah tight end always goes fast all right let's talk tiers cooper cup Devonte adams justin jefferson oh, i'm gonna pause Hill. it real quick cooper cup okay. should be in a tier by himself that i was good that was i was literally just gonna say come on yeah cup cup is absolutely in a tier by himself and even adams at two is kind of risky without knowing who his quarterback is and where he's going to be at but cup is 100 percent in a tier by himself so that's a fix okay. i'll need to make all right well let's say following cup uh, uh tier one b uh, Devonte Adams, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill. Um, every every right when you think Tyreek Hill's like, ah, you know what? Maybe like maybe not. He's done, but maybe like we're done uh, seeing. You know, maybe maybe like his his act is wearing a little thin, and then it's like, oh, seventy yards for a touchdown with a minute twenty on the clock in the playoffs because nobody can happen. fucking catch him. Yeah, <laughs> giving like, the peace sign to somebody that's in front of him, like uh, down the field. And giving that guy the peace sign was the ultimate F you. It reminded me of, I, I, I'll i never forget the play. I still never forget the play, but I can't remember who it was against or anything because it was such a long time ago. But I remember when Deion Sanders was just like absolute peak Deion Sanders mm-hmm. uh, and he would return punts and stuff. I remember, I don't remember if it was a punt return or an interception for a pick six, but I think it was a punt return. He was like midfield or maybe like the 45, 40, something like that. And there were people all around him and he just started high-stepping. <laughs> and just like nobody even came close to catching him. And I was awesome. just like, that is the biggest whip it out thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Tyreek Hill did it. So I don't disagree with this. Although I do disagree a little bit with uh, leaving my man Debo out of that group. Yeah. I, I was looking at this and I was like, okay, so Cooper Cup tier by himself. I think Adam Jefferson Hill, Debo, and, and probably even Jamar Chase at this point belong in that like elite wide receiver one. I mean, what Chase has done as a rookie is insane. And to think that almost every single time rookie receivers take a big leap in year two, it's like, okay, so what the hell is this kid going to do in year two next year? We saw Jefferson have an incredible rookie season and then be even better as a sophomore. So I think Jamar Chase, I'm a little low on. Like, I don't know that I'd rank him above some of these guys, but I think overall that Adam Jefferson Hill, Samuel and Chase all belong in a tier together. You mentioned your man Debo. I mean, he was, like I said, Top 12 receiver in over half the games. Top 24 receiver in all the running back. He's a freaking running back, too. And it's just like you're rooting for one of the most fun players of all time to watch. 
There has to be part of that in your rankings that just enjoyable to go to red zone and watch this 49ers come on and know Debo Samuel's about to do something. I want that dude on my team. Yeah. Um, And I think he's, I think he belongs in that tier. I think Um, so too. I got to rework these receiver tiers a little bit. Yeah. We're not going to hold you, uh, you know, too accountable for what you're doing in mid January here. What do you think about AJ Brown? Like who he he was up and down throughout the year, but again, we just saw a whip it out performance in the playoffs, like down the stretch. he, He mostly, was an absolute monster. You had 21, four, I guess maybe not, but look, yeah, you see four, two and five. Like it, uh, it was so gross and he's still tied to Tannehill, but then he has these glimpses of just the next great stud in the NFL. So, yeah. Uh, you see some games for him and you're like, yeah, he's like as good as Justin Jefferson. And then you right. see like, you know, three games where he's awful and you struggle a little bit with, do I blame that on the fact that his quarterback's terrible, by the way, that performance by Tannehill, uh, in the playoffs, <laughs> it was really bad. Joke. <laughs> yeah, it was Just really laughable. bad. You can do. Yeah, it was laughable, and you know, and, and, and Brown, and Brown is certainly question. not being helped by that, right? No, and that that's the answer to your question is I don't think it's an AJ Brown problem at all. I think it's a hundred percent a Tannehill a play calling. Like when AJ Brown gets his and, name dialed, I think of that Thursday night game where he saw like sixteen targets and he had a thirty point day. Like anytime he gets used. He's going bananas. And, and I think and, they really thought that Julio was going to help him, and, t- and and he didn't at all. I mean, he's washed nothing. completely. You agree, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Julio was useless, of course. Okay. Um, we go down to Tier 3. Now we got our Keenan Allens, Deontay Johnson. There's so many question marks. Again, we don't know who's throwing Deontay Johnson the ball, yeah. which is yeah. a big if. I mean, Roethlisberger, part of me is like, oh, he had a real connection with Roethlisberger that's going to hurt him. And then part of me is like, Roethlisberger was not even an NFL quarterback <laughs> this year. So possibly – Possibly like all, anybody decent would be an improvement. And maybe Deontay Johnson all of a sudden is up in that tier that we're imagine talking about. Imagine Watson goes there. Like, who? Imagine, ooh. imagine uh, Gardner Minshew goes there. Something yeah, like that. Minshew would lay that thing into him. Oh, oh man. Deontay Johnson would be a 10 catch a game guy. I'm pretty confident. He already is a 10 catch a no, game but, guy. But, no, literally, though. I mean, you know, if he was a 10 catch a game guy, he'd have caught 170 balls this year. I'm talking like for real, for real. Like, he, he is a real good receiver. Yeah. Um, DK at 11. Man, that's a tough one too, dude. Talent-wise, he might be the freaking best guy on this whole list. But, man, yeah. he was awful last year. Just terrible. Um, CD Lamb, I think you might be a little high on him, even though you're three spots uh, below the experts. Godwin, huge question marks. Free agent coming off an injury. Don't know if Brady's coming back, so who the hell knows. DeAndre Hopkins, we already talked about him at length. Evans, I'm a little surprised that you've got him below Godwin on this list. Hmm. Um, Jalen Waddle, three spots below the experts. I, I think I like where you have him. And then Tyler Lockett, again, just so many unknowns. And I'm just going to hit this tier four just because there's some real interesting guys to talk about here. Yeah. Calvin Ridley, 18th overall receiver, plus one. I said to you, like, 43 overall. I just – I cannot <laughs> I cannot see taking this guy. That would make him, what, like a early fourth-round guy, something like that. Yeah. I, I can't see it. Uh, then you got Amon Ross St. Brown right after him. Mike Thomas – he might play football again. Who knows? He's getting a uh, big bump down. I I, ha- I forgot to move him after Sean Payton retired with no QB clarity, with no Sean Payton. Like I, I can't have Thomas above. Do you think he even wants to play football? I, we might never see him again. Right, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He might. I mean, you know, who knows if we'll see Calvin Ridley again? They um, are. So, the, the one thing for Thomas is the Saints are so cap strapped, and a lot of it is to Thomas that they might move him. And, and imagine he goes to a contender with a good quarterback. Maybe situation. Denver will pick him up too. Yeah, right. Yeah, Adams, Rogers, and Devon. You know, oh my God, and Michael Thomas. Like I know you're just getting. Him. I can see you getting excited just me yeah, talking about it. Jeez. You got <laughs> T. Higgins, twenty-one overall, four below the experts. Um, 
we'll see on him. Uh, he's he's real good, but we'll see. Jamar is really coming into his own. Brandon, that's Cooks. what I'm going to say. That with him, I know I want to keep going down the list too, but uh-huh. towards the end of this year, it's really seemed like it's he fizzled a, a little bit. For, for a while, it was a one A one B. Like they were one of them would alternate. And it, we did see, you know, in the championship or semifinals, Higgins did have that one fifty, like three touchdown day. He has that with yeah, his drum. Yeah. But it seemed like it clearly became Jamar Chase is our alpha. We've got a one. We've got a two. And and ever since then, Chase has just been an absolute monster. And, and Higgins has been good, but not great. And that's kind of how I have these guys ranked. And, I, and again, I think I need to be higher on Chase than I am right now. I agree with that. And now I think you have Chase really right about where he should be. You, you should maybe have him in a higher tier. But I think his overall ranking on your list is right around where I would have him. And yeah. I agree with Higgins. I like Higgins a lot. A lot of, you know, my, much of my analysis just goes from the eye test and, and seeing like what's going on. And it was pretty clear. It was 1A, 1B. And for a while, it, you could even have called Higgins 1A for some of those right. games. Because um, Chase, Chase was so inconsistent at times. But, uh, you know, it, it's clear that he's the two now. Yeah. And, and Chase is the clear one. And that's as that's not going to change, I don't think. So I think you've got Higgins in a good spot. But, but with that said, you know, Burrow could throw for 5,000 yards. Higgins could be a steal. He really yeah. could. Right. Um, if they let Burrow uncork it next year, that offense is it already. We've seen the games where they let him uncork it 440 and 500 something yards, like yep. insanity. So that'd be, oh, that's like my, my pure horny dreams right there. Is Burrow oh, I know. I, I know. We're like, hitting a lot of the, this is why we do the list early. Yeah. Like, because, <laughs> right. This is what you're thinking about. Uh, Brandon cooks, 22 overall Renfro 23. Uh, you know, uh, there's also been some talk. Maybe Rogers goes to Vegas. Obviously that would help Renfro a lot. I, I'll bet they stick with Carr though. Um, Elijah Moore, curse of the Jets. We'll see. Amari Cooper, don't know. And then Thielen, the, the unsexiest wide receiver that there is, but man, the guy produces. And are you so shocked to see right below Nat in tier five? Minus eight on DJ four. No, <laughs> Every single I'm not week shocked. lower. And, and let me ask you though, you got DJ Moore 27, you're eight spots below the experts. It's like what, what's wrong with the experts? And then we go down a little. Gabe Davis, 30. Wouldn't you wouldn't you rather have Gabriel Davis than DJ Moore? Like if you could draft one of those guys and it come up in a snake draft in the fifth round or whatever, and they're both there. Uh, wouldn't you take Davis over DJ Moore? Oh, absolutely. As of today, yeah, with no clarity around who the Carolina Panthers quarterback is, like. You know, there is rumblings. I still love more. I think I keep being lower on more. And everyone's like, you just hate the guy. The player himself, I think, is an incredible talent. I was like number 10 in my wide receiver rankings just two years ago. Love the guy. But until I know who's throwing him the rock, like that offense is just hideous with Matt Rule. Like who's the play caller? I, nah, no, I'm I'm not into DJ Moore. I know. This whole tier, like, yeah, Pittman has wide receiver one upside. McLaurin, I've always loved, but. Until I know who's throwing him the ball, like I, I can't get too high on. It's, this Alan is, this is a very intriguing tier too. Allen yeah. Robinson, come on. Yeah, where is he going to land? Like, yeah, some of the more intriguing free agents in Beckham and Robinson. I mean, then you look at Woods. If he stayed healthy all year, yeah, Cup was the show, but he was a top twelve receiver while he was healthy. Marquise Brown was a top five receiver for the first half of the year before completely fizzling out. Darnell Mooney, but you know, with Robinson gone. Could be – we saw multiple 10-plus target days. I mean, down the stretch, Mooney was a monster. Uh, if you look at, like, PPR leagues, yeah. he was going crazy. 23-18, 8-3, 12-11, 20-25. I mean, those are some really good numbers. And that was with Andy Dalton. Even before that, 21-12, like, Mooney might be the most overlooked and underrated guy in the entire league. I have minus five you know, of the ECR. I might need to bump him up above some of these big names. So, yeah, I mean, you look at the top 36. Those all your starting receivers, 36 – uh, guys, 
it's a, it's a great list. Like there is some yeah. real wide receiver talent. And, and someone some someone's gonna be like a, a league winner or an auxiliary league winner in this list, of course. Uh, but that's yeah, probably so true every year, right? Cooper Cooper Cup was like right around this like thirteen to twenty range, right? Yep. If you had to call a a, a Cooper Cup of this year, oh, wow. I know it's insane to try to even predict that. But who could that be? Who could, so, who could be Cooper Cup this year? So let's try to let's try to talk this out. There's reasons. Look, I liked Cooper Cup. Remember, we were kind of uh, Woods and Cup. It was kind of like which one do you take? And I was confident, you know, not that Cup would be what he was, but I was like, I'm taking him if I get a chance to go with one of those two guys. Yeah. So one of the reasons that I liked Cup a lot, and again, he exceeded mine and everyone else in the world's expectations, is I believed that his team was going to be good. And I believe that his quarterback was going to throw him the ball early and often. So I look at this list and I'm like looking at guys like Amon Ross St. Brown. Well, I don't think his team's going to be any good and stuff like that. So I I, I think that we need to look for a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, the quarterback stuff's really in flux. Hey, you know what it might be, Nat? It might be too early to tell because it's like. It's definitely too early go? to tell. Of course it's where, too early But to where tell. does Watson or Rodgers go? Because you're right, right. The QB upgrade is probably going to be the trigger that right, we don't right, right. we don't rate the QB upgrade highly enough. And they allow whatever the talent is that we've always seen glimpses of. They allow, like, if Rodgers went to Detroit, we know it's not okay. fucking happening. But so like, ask me this question. I mean? like, ask me this yeah. question in, like, two months. And and I and I will not hedge, and I'll, I'll legit give you an answer because man, Stafford was such an unbelievable upgrade from Goff, and you do even even though Stafford had some bad games thrown in there, you can just tell you're dealing with a much more competent guy. And you know, Jared Goff's in there peppering Cup the same way Stafford does. His numbers are going to be like fifty percent what they were. So Absolutely. let's let's wait and see where some people land, and then I'll answer that question. I'll Rob give you my, my three like who it who it might be. Okay, uh, based on today, one the guy we just talked about, Gabriel Davis. We saw take over the playoffs. What if like it was always assumed Robert Woods the one, Cup the two. What if somehow next year, and I love Diggs, so I wouldn't expect this, but what if Davis does just like it's not crazy. Over and target share, and, and he's coming from Josh Allen, one of the most explosive offenses. Like, and he just does what we saw in the playoffs for a steady stretch. He could be that league winning, like monster in round six, seven. It's not so crazy. He, I love, I, I love the guy. I'd love, I love, I love the player. Yeah. I, I mean, Renfro, in terms of routes, Renfro and, like, was the guy that I was going to say. I was worried Ren- you were going to laugh at me, and I, but I was, no. was I was thinking number five in red zone volume. So it's kind of like cup. Like you don't think of him as a red zone monster, but he gets so much separation down. And there. Doesn't he just kind of seem kind of cuppy also very cuppy. So like Renfro, <laughs> he did have a stretch where he was a top five receiver over like a five week stretch. It could be Renfro with a legit uh, upgrade, but I, and, and this doesn't fit like necessarily the cup bill in the sense that like, he's already the number one, but Jalen Waddle, we saw the volume. Like this offense in one of the most conservative attacks, the way this guy performed, we get like Dable there, right? And a big play caller upgrade. And Tua takes yet another step forward. Like Waddle could absolutely just blow the doors off and be a top three wide receiver next year. Uh, so I like, you know, Waddle, Renfro, and Gabe Davis as okay. the potential dark horses to be this year's cup. But again, comments, let us know if hey, those five of you not, tuned in right now. And not, 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 not orbits just, just post, not, not orbits just posted cuppy, LOL. <laughs> exactly. So Let is that going to, we need to put that in the glossary? Cuppy. Cuppy. Yeah, exactly. Cuppy. I love it. All right. Let's hit some tight ends really Patent quickly. Pending. All right. Uh, let's go to tight ends. Uh, all right. Top tier, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. And let me just start by saying you have Kelsey as your 19th overall guy on your big board. 
much more reasonable than the mid first round uh, flurry, <laughs> flurry of excitement that we had for him last year. Is yeah. he still probably the best guy? Yeah. Um, but I don't, I, I think 19, 20, something like that, that that's right around where I'd be comfortable taking him as well. Who knows? Yeah. He, he might end up being a first round guy by the time it's said and done. Mark Andrews made real strides last year, which is interesting because, you know, as we said, Jackson really underwhelmed. Um, tier two, Kittle, Pitts, Waller. Man, I don't feel great about Waller or Pitts. I mean, you know, Pitts actually put up decent numbers, but I think it was one of those things where you ever been to a movie and you were so excited to go see that movie and you just had such high expectations and then you saw it and it was like, it was good. It wasn't like, and, and you're, you're just kind of like let down. And and when you, when you have time to look back on it, you're like, Oh, it was a pretty good movie, but you, you got kind of left with a bad taste in your mouth. That's kind of how I feel about Kyle Pitts. <laughs> you know what movie randomly comes to mind for that? I went to opening night with my brother. Like we got to go see this. Uh, Once upon a time in Hollywood with, with Leonardo DiCaprio Brad, you know, Brad uh, Pitts. Margot Robbie, who I know you love. And, and yeah, exactly. And then, and obviously Quentin Tarantino, my favorite director of all time. I'm like, this this can't be bad. And it wasn't bad. No, it wasn't bad. It just didn't – it wasn't like the next Pulp Fiction or something, you know, who everybody no. thought it was going to set records and be the best thing ever. It's, it's magnum opus. And it just – it, was it wasn't. Pitts was good, but the Calvin good. Johnson comparisons of tight ends, like – no, it wasn't that at all. It was okay. You sit back and yeah, it was an entertaining film with some great character development, but it wasn't great. That's not you know you give all Quentin Tarantino that cast again and let him give up round two. Yeah, and run it back. Special, and that's what I'm thinking. Pitts could be. Well, all right, so we agree, but you agree with that analysis of Pitts, right? It's like yes, he was good, exactly. but like he leaves you wanting more, certainly. And so I'm just not sure. Waller, real disappointment, man. Great week uh, one. Great week one. 19 um, targets. <laughs> 19 targets. We we referenced that all season. Um, Never but, saw it again. Never. Nope, I think not even close. Double digits like once. Had, had like a couple good games days. all year. And they weren't even yeah. great games. They were like good games. Um, right. then, we, then we go down to tier three and it's like to hear the question mark start. Gronk. I mean, Gronk just said yesterday, if you ask me right now, I'd retire. Uh, and I believe yeah. it. I believe it. So we'll see if he's even on this list come season one. Hawkinson. Uh, you know, we've seen some great stuff out of him and we've seen some real disappointments and who knows what's going to be happening in Detroit. So we'll see. Goddard seems like that's probably right around where I'd have him. Same with Friermuth, although uh, Ebron uh, is an unrestricted free agent. So who knows? Uh, Gasecki also a free agent. Uh, you know, I could see that guy going somewhere and maybe putting up some real numbers for a quarterback. Like yeah. Uh, Dawson Knox, maybe a little low on Knox. I don't know. Um, I, anybody that Josh Allen's throwing with, I feel like, deserves our respect to some degree. And then we got Logan Thomas, uh, Noah Font, and Hunter Henry pulling up the end of Tier 4. Anybody you feel like uh, especially strongly about? You're, you don't have too many huge discrepancies here. With I think idea. a couple of key takeaways is, one, like I know I'm a little bit lower on Kelsey overall and Andrews, but the more I think about it, like the Tier 2, as you said, there's this warts and inconsistency and these two guys were steady all year, even if it wasn't Kelsey, like wide receiver four, if you compare him to the wide receivers this year, he still was steady and Mark Andrews was even better. So I might be a little too low on these guys overall, given the, Maybe. the steady edge. It felt like a good year at tight end. Like we had good options all year, but really they were still Not really very boomer bust. Like Kelsey and Kittle, my number three was winning you weeks of 39 points and then giving you a two point dud the next week. And it was just, I don't know. It does feel like tight end, like, there's more talent, and yet it still is so up or down each and every week. In terms of who I think like could be the breakout tight end of 2022, 
I do love Fryer move. I mean, some of the touchdown catches you see this guy make, you get an injection at QB where, you know, a better talent than Big Ben in there. Obviously, if Mason Rudolph's the quarterback, sink him down the list. Like, no, nobody wants to touch him there. But I really think, you know, Fryer move, the way he uses that big frame, the athleticism he brings to the table, the stuff he did in year one as a rookie at a, a tough, I mean, he had as pretty close to as good of a year as Pitts with much less recognition on it. I really like Fryer move. And, and Noah Fant, too, it's just like you see glimpses of so much ability. I don't know. Both of those guys with QB injections, I think, could yeah, sure, really sure. boom up this list. And both teams seem very due for quarterback uh, talent injections here. So I- I'm really keeping my eye on Fryermuth and Noah Fant here. I-, I don't know why I have Logan Thomas as high as I do. I guess I like the player, but – I know, you just like the player. I don't know where um, that came from. I, wanna, I think that needs to get moved. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of it. Like, you know, I want to bring up one guy. I want to yes. bring up one guy that's below that. And, and I-, I hated this guy all year for obvious reasons. I would wonder about Tyler Higby's stats the last, say, quarter or third of the season relative to the rest. I don't have them in front of me, but I have watched a lot of Rams games. And to me, it seemed like he and Stafford kind of hit their groove at some point. I feel like he started – I don't know if this is recent or if they just started using more, but I feel like he and Cup were, like, lining up kind of stacked with each other or next to each other and, like – you know, they got a guard cup and Higby's running these under routes and he's just catching a lot of balls. And I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, he disappointed me all year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a starting tight end next year yeah. in fantasy. I know you've got him at 19. You told me he's a top 10, top 12 guy. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I think that's a really good, I mean, you look at it, yeah, five, 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 six, six catches across the last four games, 10, nine, 13, 24 is a top 10 tight end and three yeah. of those four. And that's carried over into the playoffs. He's been active. Throughout yeah. both playoff games, he's, he's I just feel like they're using him better. Yeah, he was always an every down player, and that's why it was like an every down player in this offense should be better. But you look at the the results, and they weren't great. And then you, you see it compared to the rest of them. Yeah, I think I think Higby's a, a very fair one, especially compared to the uncertainty above yeah, him. Yeah, you know, I, I think he definitely belongs closer to this tier four than towards the bottom of tier five. Like I, I think that's okay. a very fair name. And I think Everett, you know, the way he finished the year. As well, I know that's kind of like the grosser Higby, but 11, 10, 17, 7, 3 obviously looks pretty gross here, but he was having better <laughs> games than, than DK Metcalf for a lot of the second half of the year. So, Everybody was having better games yeah, than DK right, Metcalf. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's an intriguing one. I still think Fryermuth fan, but I do think Higby's a, a good name to toss out there that probably belongs closer to this tier than towards the bottom, especially as we see these playoffs plan out. It does yeah, seem we'll like if they, they figure out how to kind of use him better towards the end of the year. And if that carries right into the next season, he, he could be a stud early and often. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, that kind of wraps us up. We, we, we hit this thing. We went about 25 minutes longer than we said we were going to, <laughs> but I actually thought this was a real good conversation. I'm glad we did this list and I'm looking forward to actually diving even deeper into it. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, I, I took my month off from fantasy after my humiliating and predictable <laughs> playoff defeat. And now I'm just, I'm revved up. Let's go. Yeah, I had to have I had like my my two week app since we talked about the playoffs a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, I just need a mental release for a, a week or two. And it's, it's just as soon as it gets going again, though, like you said, I'm jazzed up. I'm like, all right, fantasy. It's it's early, it's mid late January. We still have about eight months to go till yeah. this actually matters. Right, right. we're gonna be <laughs> drafted in like seven and a half months. It's awesome. Uh, it's great. As CJ says, never too early. We got our, our regulars here. What's up, Mike Clay? Great to see you. <laughs> So he wasn't able to catch up with us at the end of the season, but, oh, but 
Big news. Championships in two out of three leagues, second in the one, first in the other on a banger. Uh, ended up winning by 1.2 points to hold off Devontae Adams on Ooh. that Sunday night football game. That's exciting. I sent it to you, Wolf. Check it out. Hell nice. yeah, brother. I love to hear it. That's awesome. I mean, Mike Clay, back-to-back years where you've won, I think, multiple championships. Love to hear it. And Mike Clay's an exciting – he's in exciting games too. Yeah, he's, always. Right. <laughs> I love it, Mike Clay. Awesome stuff. Congrats on those titles, brother. Zeke's a warrior. I agree. Even, even though I'm down on him, I, like I said, he's, he's as tough as they come. It's, it's sexy to be down on him. That's what the, the popular narrative is. And, and honestly, again, the eyeball test tells you you should be down on them. I'm just saying, you're torn. Now that we know he had a torn PCL all year, that thing gets fixed. He comes back like spry, like he was at the beginning of the year, and, and then actually lasts the season. Uh, to me, the bigger concern is Tony Pollard and how good he is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike says also in the fantasy playoffs, I had the fourth pick. I went Burrow over Allen. I got mocked for it, loaded up on Bengals and kickers. <laughs> and now it's a two horse race. Pretty much between me and another guy. All right, man. And as Sounds you said, like you knew what you that, were doing. Welcome to the jungle. That Cincy jungle, baby. I love it. Uh, yeah, I have a couple of playoff like underdog drafts where I loaded up on um, on Chiefs and Niners, and that's panning out for me. Like I, I still have a couple live in those. Like tw- first gets two hundred k or something. I probably won't hit those, and you're not on wood for even mentioning them. But uh, you know, we did a couple of those drafts, and I stacked Chiefs and I stacked Niners. I got Debo. I got. Mahomes, I have McKinnon. I somehow snuck in there. Like, got some live live balls in here, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and of course, we're shocked McKinnon's not in the Wolves' top twenty. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. the season's far that. away. We'll see where he ends up by the time uh, we get drafted. He might be nine or nine orbits. Cuppy, lol. Uh, patent pending. Nobody ripped that off. We're gonna no, put that in the glass. Exactly. Awesome. And late in the comments, I mean, that's expected. Early 2022 oh, rankings, sure. like <laughs> it's um, freaking January. We we missed a couple uh, Thursdays here. But, um, you know, it, it, we'll see. I'm sure Mitch Chavez and the regulars will be back uh, in no time. We are going to try to be regular here at 7 p.m. on Thursdays uh, just to keep in touch and, and have a topic of conversation. And like you said, Matt, it's, like, it's just fun to talk about fantasy, even if it is so early. Like, I love this shit. So, hey, real so, quick. Oh, we got a couple uh, here. Chase or Tyreek this week, playoff challenge? That's a good question, Russell. Uh, I mean, oof. I just love that game. I love stacking that game. Um Come to my head, I, I think I'm going Tyreek. Uh, oh, that's tough, though, because we just saw what like Gabe Davis did to this Chiefs defense. What do you think Jamar Chase could do to this defense? Last time he faced this defense, he had 55 points. So it's like, oof. Uh, my, my, what I'm imagining is they're cutting up clips of, like, this is the last time we faced it. We need to take out this Jamar Chase guy. Now, can they actually succeed in that, Russell? Probably not. Um, but, it, you know, the way Hill looked last week, that secondary, we just saw AJ Brown destroy that secondary too. I, I think I'm going Tyreek here, but it's by the slightest of hairs. What do you think, Nat? Uh, exactly the same way. That's an agonizing th- decision to have to make, but I think I'm going. Uh, I think I'm going Tyreek slightly. Um, nice. We did. We did skip one. Uh, yeah. Daniel Ooh. said, I, "I got here late." Thoughts on Sony Michelle next season. Well, we love Cam Akers if he's healthy. So yeah, and Sony's also a free agent, so it's really right. tough to to gauge until we know where he lands and does he have a future role. I do think you know, as a starter, again, the, the running back three in fantasy playoffs, he showed a lot. Like he he is better than I think his reputation precedes him. Everyone thinks of him as this plotter and he can't catch. He showed that neither of those two things are true. Now, if Cam Akers is better. I hope he doesn't go back to the Rams because it's clear he's the second fiddle already just coming off an Achilles. So the Rams is certainly not the ideal landing spot. It really just depends where he goes. My guess is he doesn't get a starting gig and he's a, he's a nice running back too and a compliment piece, but 
I don't think he ends up being someone we draft as a fantasy starter, nor does a team sign him as a starter. That's my early guess. I, I don't know. All right. Last one, nine and nine orbits. I didn't win my championship, but I got laid last night. So woo. Congrats. <laughs> awesome. 909. Huge win for you. Uh, was it, was it a new one? Is this a, a steady for you or uh, right. how'd you do? Well done. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you were to compare uh, her, I'm assuming it's a woman uh, to a, a football player uh, that you were interested in, who would that football player be? Hit us up True. next time we're on the air. We'd love to know. Yeah, what? Who is it exactly? What player is this? Was she the, like uh, a was she like a David Montgomery type? Uh, talk to us. Anyway, yeah, was it, was it a uh, you know Evan Ingram just gross like <laughs> no, nothing nothing to do with it or what? What do we got who's here? The, who's, the, who's the grossest uh, football comp uh, for a woman you're hitting on in the bar in the league? Who's the grossest? Oh man, that's a that's a good question. Like. I mean, big, big Ben, like before he retired, just like gross and sluggish and well past his prime. Tony Jones Jr. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, <laughs> creature performance, right? Yeah, exactly. I feel like I feel like the grossest one has to be somebody who's playing every week, though. So Ben was a better comp. Ben, uh, ben is decent for sure. Right. Tony uh, Jones Jr. is like a, a woman that just drifted into town, uh, you know, just randomly on the bus and just happened to come into the bar, and you're like, whoa. Um, but then you never saw her again. Ben, Ben's coming back to the bar every week. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hoping for more. Exactly. Uh, this is a good no, 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 it says he's a serviceable waiver wire pickup. So like, uh, yeah. Okay. So not a Patterson or a Mitchell, right? Not like a league winning waiver wire pickup, but like, I mean, a Renfro, like that level, that's still a maybe like good. a, a mid season, Amon Ross St. Brown, not, no, not that'd be like a championship. No, that's no, no. But, but like, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people like me picked him up for like a week early in the season. Cause he was getting, you know, 11 points a game or something like that. And then dropped him cause he sucked for a little while. Um, right. So I don't you know. know who it is. It's uh, based on 909's comments. We're we're telling 909 what player it was without knowing. <laughs> never seen, never seen this person. But I'm telling you right now, it's it's Dalton Schultz, like a a top <laughs> seven tight end all year, but nothing like phenomenal. But like you look back, you're like okay, that got the job done for me. Nice, thank you, <laughs> Dalton Schultz. 909. What are your thoughts? Right, right. you Dalton got Schultz. right. You got laid by Dalton Schultz. We're putting uh, conversations over. <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, back. This was a blast. Thank you guys again. I know you know not too many of you here, but comment on in the comments if you enjoyed this. Uh, and if, certainly if you're new here and you haven't subbed already, as we continue to try to climb in our, our rankings and take over uh, the, the league here, that would be great. You can find these rankings and everything else at rotaryjournal.com. I see nine oh nine still commenting, and I love it. Uh, we will be back every Thursday if you you want to just talk ball, kind of keep the fantasy juices rolling. Um, and I think as we were talking about truth, we will be live at some point this weekend. I'll tweet yeah. out once we know more about uh, previewing the games and whatnot. So either Saturday or Sunday, we'll do a, a fantasy playoffs. We'll talk about the action of last weekend. We just didn't want to mix, intermix, like all this, again, an hour and 20 minutes of, of conversation. If we had talked about the playoffs, we would have been here for three hours. This uh, is a so good hour and 20, though. This is good stuff. It was great stuff. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We will certainly be updating these rankings and talking about the updates as they happen. We'll be doing free agent previews, coaching carousels. We have it all here. We'll be continuing to go live on Thursdays. I'm so glad to hear she came in clutch when you needed her during a losing streak. Uh, Just like Dalton Schultz. Yeah. So Dalton Schultz coming through for you in your time of need. I love to hear it, 909. But Wolfpack again, RotaryJournal.com. You can find me at Rotor Street Wolf. Fancy fullback dive if you're listening to the podcast. Thank you so much. 
uh, where we pave your path to 2022 titles now. Love to yeah. say that. 2022 is going to be a great year. I'm fucking pumped for it. Um, but Wolfpack, in a world full of fancy sheets, be that Wolfpack. Later. Later. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Stole the